Hey, good morning. Good morning. How you guys doing this morning? I got my idol. How many of you guys are excited for the Super Bowl today? Yeah? Yeah? You guys are like lame football fans. We're going to fix that by the end of, uh, end of this morning. How many of you guys are cheering for, uh, for the Ravens? Yahoo! Yeah? Yeah? How many of you guys are cheering for the 49ers? <laughs> yeah? She's cheering for both. Um, how many of you guys are like, I don't even know what football is? Yeah, yeah, a couple of you guys care less. You're watching for the commercials, right? Yeah, yeah. So I am, uh, I'm excited. We start our new series today called God Questions. And uh, if uh, I would encourage you, a couple things with this series. If you log into the YouVersion app that uh, Mike did our announcements uh, talking to you about, uh, you log into that. There's actually uh, some notes you can follow along with this morning. And in there, there's also different community groups. We have groups that meet in different places throughout the community on uh, Wednesday night, 6.30. And uh, I would encourage you, if you're not in a group, just jump into a group for the next couple weeks as we go through this series. Because we're going to be talking about all of these questions that we have about God. And uh, we're going to be able to go much more in depth in those groups, allow some discussion and so forth that uh, maybe is not uh, pertainable here this morning. So I would encourage you to do that. I would also encourage you, secondly, to uh, grab one of these books out in the lobby. Uh, you can grab one for 10 bucks, and uh, we're not making any money on it. It's the cost of the book. But uh, this book has just a couple pages each day that you can follow along that uh, go along with the sermons that you're going to be hearing on Sunday morning, and it also goes along, again, with what we talk about in those community groups. So we live in a culture, in a place, that uh, we have all kinds of questions, and uh, I'm excited for us to jump into that here this morning. As we do that, have you guys ever kind of been in a situation that just seems surreal? Where you've kind of been in that situation that just seemed like, you know, this, this can't be happening. It just doesn't seem real. What about kind of a situation where you feel like you're outside of your body watching this happen? Anybody ever been there? Yeah, and I'm, I'm not trying to get all spooky or anything. I'm just trying to, <clears throat> I just think there's times in life we walk through and we just kind of feel like we're spectating. We're kind of watching, right? And uh, like for some of us, let me just, just help you with this, help you understand. The Washington Redskins, it's not real that they're a perennial playoff team, okay? It was just, just luck this year. It was kind of surreal, okay? Our worship leader, who's a, uh, who's a big fan, we're actually getting him counseling right now. Um, <laughs> I can say that. I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, and... Uh, it's like rooting for uh, JV, so I don't know if they'll ever make the playoffs again in my lifetime. So, um, so it, it's just kind of surreal, right? I, I remember actually playing softball, and uh, when my wife and I first got married, I, I played softball. Uh, actually, Awaken will have a softball team starting up here in about another month or so, so I would encourage you to uh, watch for that and sign up for that. It's a good time. But I, when I played softball, I played like second base and shortstop. And uh, I remember this one game I had, one game. And it was, uh, was kind of surreal. I remember playing, I think, I, yeah, I was playing shortstop that day. <clears throat> Ball, line drive, a kind of line drive right at shortstop. Some of you guys are going to get jealous as I share this story. Uh, I remember another ball coming, and I, I jumped, caught the ball, threw it to second base, and he threw it to first for a double play. Right? You guys, you guys can clap. Come on, make me feel better. I remember another play, scooping the ball, running, tagging second, throwing out at first. 
Okay. And my wife, we, again, we had just got married. We were like less than a year married. And these other ladies, she's sitting there watching. And she's cheering on, right? And the guy, he's like, I'm just like, yeah. And the other ladies look at her and he's, they say, is he really that good? <laughs> Honestly. And, and my wife, she, uh, she's like, I don't know. But she's, she's all proud and everything, right? She's all proud. And uh, as a... Uh, the game ends and so forth. Obviously, I'm not really great at softball. Every dog has his day, right? Just like a Skins fan, every Skins fan has his day. Yeah, ooh. Um, but just so happened that day just kind of seemed surreal, kind of like I was standing there watching, right? But as I think about that, I think to myself, the question we're asking today, is God real? Okay. That's a question we're going to be looking at. But I wonder if the question really for most of us is not if God is real, but is he really that good? I wonder if that's the question most of us are, uh, are thinking. Before we jump in, I want to take a minute and I want to pray that God would meet with us this mo- here this morning. I believe that you're here not by chance, but you're here because God has drawn you here this morning exactly for what he has to say to you here this morning. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you are doing in each of our lives, Lord. Father, I, I believe that you have something powerful you want to say today. And Lord, I, I pray that you would help me get out of the way. Father, I pray that you would help us to have ears that are open and willing to listen to your word. Lord, I pray that you would help us to set ourselves aside and to see you for who you really are. And as we look at this question, if you're real, and I believe, Lord, as we look at the deeper question, is he really that good? Lord, I ask that you would show us in a powerful way, not just your existence, but show us that you really are that good. Speak to us, Lord. Meet with us. And fill this place with your presence in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Uh, we're going to turn to John chapter 1. And I, I want to turn here because within this story, I believe, again, comes that same question. Is God real? And if you look in John chapter 1, verse 43, it starts out and it says, The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. So Jesus was kind of out teaching and and leading, and actually at this point, he was even gathering his team, okay? He wasn't gathering the best softball team. He was gathering a team that he wanted to use to tell people, hey, I am real. And so as he goes about that, it says, he finds Philip, and he said to him, follow me. Verse 44, Philip, like Andrew and Peter, who was mentioned prior to this passage, was from the town of Bethsaida. It says Philip found Nathanael and told him. So Jesus comes and he finds a guy named Philip and he says, hey, follow me. And Philip then he goes and he says, you know what? I need to go tell somebody else what I found here. He says, I need to go tell my buddy Nathanael. And so he goes and uh, 
Verse 44, Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida, as we said. Then 45, Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote. It says, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And so he goes and he says, You've got to see what I found. Like some of you today, you, you said, you know what, I've got to bring somebody with me and show them what I have found. And I would encourage you even next week, bring somebody with you and say, I, you've got to see what I found. And I'm not talking about me. I'm not talking about football. I'm talking about finding who God really is. And then that's what Philip is doing. He's saying, dude, you've got to check this out. You've got to see what I found. And he goes on, and uh, I, I love this. Verse 46, Nathaniel says to him, he says, Nazareth, can anything good really come from there? <laughs> you know, think about it. It's like somebody in the beach saying, Portsmouth? You've got to be kidding me. Can anything really good come from Portsmouth? Seriously, can anything? You know, some of you guys are ready to mug me, right? <laughs> that's what you do in Portsmouth, that's right. You know, uh, me, I, I remember growing up, I, I'm from Akron, Ohio. I remember growing up in a part of Akron, kind of inner city called Kenmore. And I remember people would ask, Kenmore, can really anything good come from Kenmore? I know some of you guys are shaking your heads. No, I came from there, all right? So just chill, just relax, all right? But that's what Nathaniel's response is. He says, really, Nazareth? You've got to be kidding me, Philip. Can anything really good come from there? And I know that as we walk into the church, we can have that same question. The church? You've got to be kidding me. Can anything really good come from the church? Seriously. I mean, I've seen and I've heard. Can anything really good come from the church? And that, that's, that's what uh, Nathaniel's asking. And it goes on and Philip says, you know, come and see. Let me show you. Let me show you. It's so in verse 47, it says, When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, Here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. So, so Philip gets Nathanael to come, and he says, You've got to see this. And, and Nathanael kind of against, you know, his, kind of against what he really wants to do. He's like, I'm fine where I'm at. And Philip kind of urges him, No, you've got to see this. So Nathanael says, All right, all right, cool. I'll, I'll go, I'll go. So they're walking up, and Jesus says, to everybody else standing around, that guy, you need to get to know that guy. Nathaniel's like, what are you talking about? You don't even know who I am. And Jesus says, that guy is amazing. That guy, and, and, and I just picture him telling all these different things about Nathaniel's life that no, nobody would know, right? <clears throat> and he actually, if you look, it says, uh, how do you know me, Nathaniel asked. And Jesus said to him, he says, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree where Philip found you and called you. And so Nathaniel says, you know, how do you know anything about me? And Jesus says, well, I saw you over there. And, and this must have been such an obscure place, you know. Hey, you guys have those places you go where nobody can find you, where you just need some peace and quiet? You know, like, like maybe some of the mothers in the room, you're like, I just need some quiet from the kids. And so you lock yourself in the bathroom, right? Little hands coming under, mommy, mommy, mommy. And, but, well, Nathaniel had that place that he went to find where nobody would find him. So he could just sit. He could think. He could really evaluate his life and look at where he was going and, and, and just get some direction, right? And Jesus says, I saw you over there. And Nathaniel said, that's impossible. 
nobody knows where I go. And I picture Jesus sharing some more things. And Nathaniel saying, that's impossible. Nobody knows that stuff but me. And I, I love Nathaniel's response in verse 49. He says, Then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. He says, If you know that, you really must be God. So you see, Nathaniel is asking that question, is God real? And Jesus kind of blows his mind. And I love Jesus' response. He, he, he never just goes halfway, okay? God never just does halves, okay? Jesus says in verse 50, he says, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. He says, You believe because of the things I just told you. He says, You shall see greater things than this. If you think that was something, you check this out. Verse 51, he then added, I tell you the truth, you shall see heaven open up, the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. He says, Nathaniel, if you think that was something, buddy, you haven't seen anything yet. God doesn't go halfway. And I believe that God is telling us that same thing here this morning. I think God is telling us in our lives, if you think that was something, I'm going to blow your mind. I'm going to blow your mind. How many of us today are asking that question like Nathaniel? God, are you real? God, I have these doubts sometimes because honestly, I don't always see you move. Or, you know, I have these doubts because... I doubt if anything good can come from the church. Like Nathaniel, I doubt anything good can come from Nazareth. You see, there's, there's different views of God. And I, I want to show you this video real quick. Because this video, I think, shows us maybe one of those views and how we see God. Take, take a look at this. It's kind of comical. South call you a Zeus. We thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of dominoes, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. I just want to take time to say thank you for my family, my two beautiful, beautiful, handsome, striking sons, Crocker and Texas Ranger, <laughs> or TR as we call them. And of course, my red hot smoking wife, Carly, who's a stone cold fox. Mm. Who, if you could rate her in 100, would easily be a 94. Mm. Also, want to thank you for my best friend and teammate, Cal Naughton Jr., who's got my back no matter what. Shake and bake. Dear Lord Baby Jesus, we also thank you for my wife's father, Chip. We hope that you can use your Baby Jesus powers to heal him and his horrible bag. <laughs> it smells terrible, and the dogs are always mm. bothering with him. Mm. Dear tiny infant Jesus. Hey, uh, you know, sweetie, Jesus did grow up. You don't always have to call him baby. It's a bit odd and off-putting to pray to a baby. Well, look, I like the Christmas Jesus best, and I'm saying grace. When he said grace, you can say the grown-up Jesus or teenage Jesus or bearded Jesus or whoever you want. You know what I want? 
I want you to do this grace good so that God will let us win tomorrow. You're kind of Jesus. <laughs> Golden. Skybers with your tiny little fat ball to fist. Paul was a man. He had a beard. Look, I like the baby version the best. Do you hear me? <clears throat> I win the races and I get the money. Ricky, finish the grace. I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt. It says like, I want to be formal, but I'm here to party too. I like to party, so I like my Jesus to party. I like to picture Jesus as a ninja fighting off evil samurai. I like to think of Jesus like with giant eagle's wings and singing lead vocals for Leonard Skinner with like an angel band. And I'm in the front row and I'm hammered drunk. Hey Cal, why don't you just shut up? Yes ma'am. Okay. Beer, eight pounds, six ounce, newborn infant Jesus. Don't even know a word yet. Just a little infant, so cuddly, mm. but still omnipotent. Mm. We just thank you for all the races I've won and the $21.2 million. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money that I've accrued over this past season. Also due to a binding endorsement contract that stipulates I mentioned Powerade at each grace. I just want to say that Powerade is delicious mm. and it, it cools you off on a hot summer day. And we look forward to Powerade's release of Mystic Mountain Blueberry. Mm. Thank you for all your power and your grace, dear baby God. Amen. Amen. There's different ways we view God, right? You know, that's obviously one way that I viewed God for a long time. And God really had to teach me and direct me and mature me in this. We can view God kind of as a cosmic genie, can't we? And that's kind of how they viewed God here. God is here to give me whatever I want. Is it not? You know, God is kind of like Santa Claus. And I hope that I'm on the good list and not the naughty list. And that's one way that we can view God. It's not the way Scripture views God. But it's the way that a lot of people in our culture view God. Another way that we can view God is uh, God is kind of, uh, kind of aloof, you know? Where, you know, I'm kind of here doing my thing. God's kind of out there doing his thing. And I leave him alone. He leaves me alone. It's kind of indifferent, right? And that's another way that we in our culture view God. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying it's true. And so, it's, if you think about it, and this was curious to me, we live in a culture where many fathers are aloof to their families. And I wonder if there's maybe a parallel in that, where you know, we view God in the same way that we view maybe a father. There's another way that we can view God, and that is maybe God just doesn't exist. And again, I don't think as many people who say God doesn't exist, I don't think that that's necessarily the, the, the root question. I, I really don't. With a lot of people I've talked to, I think that below that, the root question, is he really that good? And so I, I want to talk to you today about that question, is God real and is God really that good? And, and how do we know that? How do we see that? And if you look in Psalm 19.1, Psalm 19.1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. This verse says that if you look throughout all of creation, you, will see, you cannot deny physics yells out that God exists. I, I, I want to show you. I'm going to take a chance here. Can I have... Uh, I need a guy to come up here, a big guy. All right. Can I have a big guy come up here? 
Seriously, don't be shy. What am I going to do to you? Right? Just little old me. All right, come here. Stand, stand right here. Stand right here. <clears throat> Just, no, right here. Right here. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. So, what's that? You don't want me to hurt him? All right. I, w- I won't hurt him. I think they were saying, you don't hurt me. Yeah, yeah I think like so. Before. I think so, yeah. Yeah, like before. Um, I, I want to show you something. And this is something in creation that we often miss. All right? I want to show you something. I think he's going to hit me. <laughs> you, you can go sit down. <laughs> Thanks, man. Did he move out of his own will? No, I pushed him. Right? He was standing stable right here. I had to push him for him to move. Something in physics, cause and effect. You can look all through creation and see cause and effect. You can see all through creation that something is contingent upon something else. Think of the game today. The game today is contingent upon many other things. The game today is contingent upon players playing, right? The game is contingent upon the league for those players to play. The league is contingent upon the owners of of the teams to pay their players. Is that true? Otherwise, they're not going to play. And those owners are contingent upon you and I going to see the game or checking it out on the television tonight. Everything that we look at is contingent, cause and effect. Physics yells and screams the existence of God. And that's what this psalm is talking about. And the writer of this psalm was brilliant. King David wrote this psalm. If you look through history, King David at 1000 B.C., okay, We're talking 3,000 years ago, he wrote this. Now, he he was brilliant. If you look at most, most, he he was a general. You know, he he was a victorious general, led his armies. If you look at most victorious generals throughout history, they're brilliant men. They're not stupid. He was a builder. He built many things. He took a nation into economic prosperity So he's not, we're not looking at some guy that just came out of the nut house, all right? He was a man's man. And he says, creation yells the existence of God. And I just showed you cause and effect. You can look throughout all creation, the earth, because of how it, how it orbits around the sun, how it rotates, how it pivots on its axis, that creates your seasons, does it not? It creates your day and your night. It is contingent upon something else. You look at the trees outside. They are contingent, cause and effect. They are contingent upon the oxygen that we breathe. Is any of this making sense? I want to show you something. Take, Take the banana. There's bananas sitting around. You guys thought I was giving you a healthy breakfast. This banana, think about it. This banana, I don't know if you've ever looked at a banana real close. It's got certain grooves, ridges on it. You know, it's got like three ridges this way, and it's got another ridge or two on the opposite side. Pick it up, look. 
this banana is perfect size to fit in my hand, and it's a great snack at work, right? Now, think about this. If this banana was the size of this amp, you ain't snacking on that at work. It's designed a specific way. Think about it. If this banana, it's got a kind of a, 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 a sticky surface, right? I'm not gonna, it's not going to slip out of my hand. If this banana was more slippery like ice, you're not going to be able to eat it, are you? Yeah, that's going to be kind of comical, wouldn't it? This banana, you know, it's got a pull tab. If I pull it, open it up, it's got a great taste on the inside, does it not? Cause and effect. Now, here's the good thing. This banana will even tell you when it's ready to eat. If it's green, it says, no, not yet. If it's yellow, it's like full speed ahead, like many of you driving through yellow lights here in Virginia Beach. <laughs> full speed ahead. Caution to what? If it's black, it says, no, you don't want to eat me anymore. Or in my house, it says, hey, Connie, would you make some more good banana bread? <laughs> this banana is even biodegradable, just like any other fruit. It falls to the ground. It'll rot. And it will actually replant itself and grow more bananas, right? Can I have my volunteer come back up here? I got a hula hoop here. I will make him hula hoop. That's all right. Actually, my son is an amazing hula hoop. He's like four, Malachi. And this dude will get this thing on his hips and he'll whip those hips around. It's amazing to watch. I'm not going to do it for you. You don't want to see my hips in action. I'm not doing it for you either. Oh, man. Seriously. <laughs> but I, I want to show you something. Here. You, you've got to help me out. Make sure he doesn't push me. He kind of owes me. Hold that. Now, what I've just told you is everything inside. There we go. Yeah, just put a broad on your shoulders. You'll hold it for me. There we go. There we go. Look at that. That's awesome. Everything. Think about it. What I have just explained to you, everything inside this, if you take the whole solar system, if you take the sun, the stars, they're all contingent upon gravitational pull and certain electromechanical things and photosynthesis and all these things. If you take all those things are contingent upon something else. If you take and put all those inside of here, and this sexy beast at the same time. If you put all things that are created inside this hula hoop, everything in here you're saying is contingent upon something else. You're saying everything that is in here happens because of cause and effect, right? So as a result, you're saying everything that's in here is reliant on something else. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Everything in this circle is reliant upon something else. Everything in this circle is finite. Everything in this circle, including this big guy, is fragile. <laughs> He's going to get me later. Yes, I am. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. As David says, creation yells and screams the existence of God. You can't tell me. It doesn't make logical sense to tell me that Everything inside this circle was created and contingent upon something else in this circle. 
it doesn't make any sense. Because we're saying everything in this circle is a result of a cause and effect, is contingent upon something else. So if that's the, if that's the case, then what we we're saying is there has to be something outside of this circle that is all-powerful, that is eternal, that has been here throughout all of history, that created history. You're telling me that there has to be something outside of that circle that is a master designer, a master architect, a creator, because something this unique doesn't get created by accident. I love you, man. <laughs> Think about it. Something outside of that circle. It can't fit in the circle. Because we're talking about polar opposite things. Finite, infinite. Fragile, all-powerful. Something that cannot create itself. Something that is the master creator. Thanks, man. No problem. You can have the banana. So the big question comes back, is God real? Is God real? And you, you can even look in, in Romans chapter 1, verse 20. And it says, the heaven, I'm sorry, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. You walk outside today, you see the evidences of God screaming at you, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. The big question, honestly, is God real? I don't think that's too hard to answer. I really don't. I mean, we just looked at some simple examples of banana, Josh. You know, everything in that circle has to have a creator, has to have a cause. And that cause doesn't make logical sense for it to be in that circle. Honestly, I don't think the question is really, is God real? As I mentioned earlier, example of my softball prowess. I think the real question is, is God really that good? Because I'm guessing, me, like you, have seen some horrible things done. Right? I'm guessing that I'm not the only one who has seen people use God's name for their own gain. I'm guessing that I'm not the only one who asked that question at some point in my life. 
the church, can anything really good come from the church? I'm guessing there's others in this room who maybe didn't grow up in the church and you asked those same things. Maybe others who did grow up in the church and you saw a train wreck. And you left wondering, can anything really good come from this? So again, I don't think the real question is God real. I think the question is, is God really that good? I want to leave you with something. I want to leave you with, with this statement. Come to God stupid. Now let me explain it so that when I leave, I don't get lynched. We, we see all kinds of atrocities. I'll be the first to admit it. We have seen people take and use God's name for their own gain. We have seen people claim, well, God said this. It was a nightmare. Some of us have been abused at the expense of religion. Some of us have been hurt deeply by other people throughout our lives. And we always ask, where is God in this? God, where are you at? Some of us have had atrocities done to us. And we've asked that question, God, where are you? If you are really that good, then why? Why did you allow this to happen? And we all have a this, don't we? And I, I want to ask you to do something. I know what has been and can be done in the name of religion. And that's why I say I don't want to have anything to do with religion. I want to ask you to take those things that have been done to you, whether it's just pain that you've walked through in life, things that you've witnessed about the church, things that people have said to you, whatever it might be, it may even be outside the church, things you walk through and you say, God, I just don't know where the heck you are. I want you to take those things that right now are stirring in your mind that make you ask that question, is God really that good? I want you to take those and put it on me. Place it on me. The anger, the frustration, the guilt, the fear, the questions. I, I want you to place it on me. And I want to tell you something. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what you've had to walk through. I mean that. I'm sorry for the pain that you carry. I'm sorry for what's been done to you. And sometimes, even in the name of God, that honestly has nothing to do with God. I'm sorry. And I want you to come to God stupid. Come to God 
putting all those other things aside and asking God, God, if you are real, God, if you're really that good, would you just show yourself? And if you honestly come to God, setting all those other things aside, I believe that you will be able to look in your history and see how God is intersected in your life at different points. I really believe that. Why? Because I've seen it in my own life. I've seen where God has taken all those things I've talked about and I've come to God's stoop and I've said, God, just show me. I can't do this anymore. God, just show me. I came to God's stoop and he showed himself true. And God will help you walk through that baggage, that mess. God will show himself real in a powerful way. And he'll show you that he's created a masterpiece. The masterpiece is you. He just wants to walk with you, to know you. Others in this room, your question may not be, is God really that good? Because you may have discovered that already. And really your challenge is saying, am I being stingy with that message that God is really that good? Are there other people around me who are floundering that I need to say, God is really that good. Come with me and see. Just like Philip in this story with Nathaniel, you may not be Nathaniel saying, can anything good come from Nazareth? You might be Philip who is saying, Nathaniel, you've got to come with me and see this. So some of you just need to quit being stingy with the gospel. Quit being stingy with the gospel. And to the rest in the room, I'm sorry for those that have been stingy with the gospel. You want to talk about an astrosity. So again, I don't think the real question is whether God is real. I think the real question is God really that good. My hope and my prayer is that God will show himself true to you and that you will take what I've said and honestly come to God stupid and say, God, show me. Walk with me. And I promise you, God does not let down. So as we continue to worship, as the band comes up, I want you to think about that. Lord Jesus, Lord, I thank you that you're not only real, but you are good. Lord, I thank you that your creation screams the evidences of God. Lord, I thank you that physics cannot deny it. Lord, I thank you that simple logic cannot deny it. Father, please help us to come to you stupid. Setting aside our own preconceived notions, setting aside even the question, can anything good come from Nazareth? Setting aside maybe how we've been hurt or the train wrecks that we've seen. Honestly, Lord, I'm asking that you would help us to set aside religion and to see you in the midst of it. See you in the midst of our lives, running after us, 
calling out to us. And fathers, others in the room who already know that you're good, I pray that we would not be stingy with the gospel. And that we would take and invite others into the series. We would take and sit with people and share our stories. And Father, that as we do that, we would, that you would blow our minds and remind us that we haven't seen anything yet. It's in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.